0: listening to Rogue Table Talks. Here's Mike. And here we are, once again. Mike and Chad are back together again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't be sad, we're back together again. Rogue (laughs) Table Talks 115. Uh, And uh, how are you doing? We were both in Michigan for various parts of the last couple weeks
1: just you i mean
0: northern michigan in the summer is
1: pretty good you can't beat it it's yeah. just i would yeah. in, in in all the u.s i know there's really really beautiful places but just for me that is my that's my promised land that's your it's place so, it's beautiful yeah there.
0: so that you know northwest part of lower michigan on lake michigan that whole area that whole part of the state beaches beach towns the um, yeah. the lakes that you're on there's lots of lakes uh you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, being on Lake Michigan. In fact we had we were there and somebody who's from California had never really been on, you know, the the shore of Lake Michigan. It's like you know, you come to a lake and you expect to see the other side. I mean that's been their experience of the lakes their whole life. <laughs> sure. Where sure. I mean Lake Michigan, it looks like you're at the ocean. It's just fresh water.
1: Yeah. Uh it's it's so, it's you know floating down the, the clear rivers or it, yeah you know right. I talk to somebody down here because they're used to going to you know Myrtle Beach or uh right. Beach down here and they're like what it's a beach at a lake and I'm like right you have to go it's just yeah it's yeah. beautiful it's clear water yeah. teal water it's right. sand right there's no sharks no sharks <laughs> no, no salt shark. no sharks <laughs> no salt problem free.
0: yeah <laughs> no salt shark free yeah um, so we're back. So we're back. We're back at it. Um, We're talking, still talking about the one and others. You can subscribe to Rogue Rogue Table Talks anywhere. Uh, Anywhere you can subscribe to podcasts. I think we should be there. There's also roguetabletalks.com. Check us out there. Um, And uh, we are in this one another. Oh, we probably should say over the next couple weeks, few weeks, uh, I think last week I flew solo for a short one. Uh, there might be a couple of those in there because we have uh, various trips that we're going to be on, uh, one of one or the other of us. Um, I, for us, you know, we didn't go anywhere for for so long. And now, you know, we finally had our family reunion, which was in Michigan, which we couldn't have last year. <clears throat> so that so a last year trip got pushed into this year. We're gonna go see. Uh, our son, who's stationed uh, at an Air Force base in Utah, we're going to see him, you know, next month. Uh, and then we're going to take our vacation. Uh, Nancy and I are actually vacation vacation. We're going to go to New England uh, at the end of September. Um, That'll be pretty. Going go to Maine. That's a state I've never been to. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we've got uh, um, lots of stuff. Lots of It seems like a lot. It seems like an excessive amount of travel only because... You know, I don't know, it seems like a year and a half. Yeah, they been traveling, right? Yeah, nobody right. we went anywhere. Um, <clears throat> so we, in that, uh, we're, so we're gonna, we'll kind of keep you posted, and there might be a couple of them, or one of us are doing doing something solo. But, um, today we're got, we're talking about we're talking about the one and how we are together, uh, which seems apropos uh, after the year we've had, uh, and we are on forgive one another, uh, forgive one another. Uh, I don't know, like when I, I'm old enough that. When I was a kid, kids would fight on the playground, like fight fight. Mm-hmm. Uh and then some teacher would come and these you know, usually these people kind of doing some sort of they look like they're rolling around in the gravel and hugging underneath the jungle gym and they're you know, they're fighting, you know, whatever that means. <laughs> uh no one's in any real danger of anything. Uh and then a teacher or somebody would come along and separate them and then you say you're sorry. Now you say you're sorry. Shake hands. Uh and they're I'm oh, sorry. And uh, that's sort of one picture of forgiveness that isn't really forgiveness. It's sort of sure. I, I know, like I, I know I'm supposed to say I'm sorry, and then I do say I'm sorry, but I haven't really forgiven. Uh, and of course, in that case, it might be trivial. But uh, <clears throat> there is this sort of because we have this cr- Christian roots in our in our culture. There's a sense of forgiveness being something we should do, and yet we're I think we're sort of bad at it. And I kind of like to. And uh, maybe explore that. Uh, you know, what is it about forgiveness? It's central to the Christian faith, and yet I think we are, it's not central to us, I don't think. Um, <clears throat> and I was, so I was thinking about this and I did a little, I looked, poked around, I'd heard a couple of stories of people struggling with forgiveness, and one is where, uh, and I think this actually happened, you know, it's a number of years ago, there's a, you know, a, a woman whose cat would get out of her yard and go over to the neighbor and the neighbor would yell at him, you know, you know the neighbor wasn't, you know, the, whatever, wasn't a, a, a nice guy, apparently, you know, I'm going to kill your cat. If it keeps coming. whatever. And then one day the cat's dead in the middle of her backyard, and the guy's got a baseball bat leaning up against the, you know, the, his, his garage. Hmm. Um, and you know, whatever one does with law enforcement and all of that and, uh, you know, whatever one could or couldn't prove and whatever there's still the issue of, you know, this is what this woman's you know how do I forgive this person? Uh, I read another uh, you know instance. I was thinking of pets because it's sort of, you know when you involve pets or children, it seems like it's now it's harder to forgive. There's an instance where these you know these two people were that walking their dogs, one had a pit bull and one had a small little fruit for dog or something. And the pit bull was being very aggressive, or whatever, and the you know the fruit for a dog was on the other side of the road, and kind of they were yelling. The owners were yelling at each other, and you keep control of your dog, and your dog is scaring my dog. And then the you know the pit bull got away, or was, depending on who's telling the story, released by the owner. Pit bull runs over, and kills the dog, hmm. um, and it's the same situation where, okay, um, an, unju- an injustice was inarguably done. Yeah. And so, you know, what, what, it, how do I deal with forgiveness here? Because forgiveness seems, it seems in, almost unjust. Like somebody's getting away with something. I mean, I can't just forgive you. And yet, I'm supposed to forgive you. It, it, you know, it,
1: do we feel that or name that contradiction? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, uh interesting point that you bring up there's kind of the, the christian backdrop for our country and i think that's true um yeah i can i see the hey look at each other apologize give each other a hug you know say you're sorry all the time with kids type thing um but i wonder if the cynicism of late has just made people say well if why would you forgive that guy? They need to pay. Like, why would you forgive the guy who kills your cat? You shouldn't right. forgive them. It's you, in fact, to forgive. Right. It, yeah, you should not forgive them. Right. You should make them pay. Right. Now, again, there's this question of police and law enforcement get people involved. Like, okay, that's sounds like it's something that should have you know <laughs> be taken handled by right. the right. system. But there's a personal right. issue. You've right. been offended. You've been transgressed against you could sinned against like someone has uh you have property or a, a pet or a child something that belongs to you someone has taken it or hurt it or transgressed against you personally so there's that question and i just think today the the current of the culture says it's not even a conversation forgiveness is not a conversation uh, I think that's right. The most. So
0: I think, I think that's a good observation. As we have moved away from a Christian backdrop, people look at this like we're re-looking at it and say, well, wait a minute, that's unjust. That's actually wrong and evil. Therefore, you shouldn't forgive it. Mm-hmm. Which is, I do think it does name the central contradiction of forgiveness is that, and why we're bad at it because you only can forgive things for which there is an actual injustice done mm-hmm. if it wasn't if there wasn't an injustice done no forgiveness is needed it's just a misunderstanding we have to like we have to work out the misunderstanding it's when there's an actual harm done is when forgiveness is necessary and that's when it's actually the most the most difficult because uh, it seems well that shouldn't you shouldn't just let that go and yet that's in a sense what forgiveness might look like
1: yeah so you know the, the the woman you know who lost the cat um you know for weeks or months or years her friends get around and they curse the guy and you know commiserate together and i can't believe it's so wicked and this guy you know or that she moves you know what whatever but i think Once people start to get in the sphere of the conversation of forgiveness, you start to realize, yeah, but is that what you want? Is that really Mm -hmm. the life that you do? You want to connect intimately with people and build, as Hebrew says, you know, a root of bitterness. Yeah, because that's that's part of what how that's going to play out. Right. But I think you're right. I, I just say, I don't know. We might get into this. What makes forgiveness so hard? When I hear people, this may be the, the distrust in me, but when I hear people say, "You know, I don't struggle with forgiveness," I I just don't believe it. I think well, you haven't, you either haven't allowed yourself to feel what true transgression feels like, or maybe you haven't experienced it, which I'm not sure. But I I think your phrase "struggle with forgiveness" is probably really accurate, because if it's if you don't struggle with forgiveness, I don't know if anything really ugly has happened to you. Or you've really recognized the ugliness of it. Yeah, or
0: you're just living in denial. You're living a fantasy. Yeah. I think, as you said, I do feel like if somebody says, yeah, I don't really struggle with forgiveness, forgiveness, I think you need to struggle some more with forgiveness. You need to mm-hmm. really struggle with what forgiveness is because I do think when we actually take a look at it, there's something about forgiveness that requires divine empowerment because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem just. It seems... Like, how do I just let that go? They did X to me, and they really did do X to me. And they really did cause hurt and grief and pain and harm. And how do I let that go? I do think that if you've never actually struggled with that, you maybe not haven't really forgiven somebody, or maybe haven't yeah. really forgiven yourself, or maybe haven't really been forgiven.
1: Well, well forgiven. yes, Right, C.S. Lewis says, you know, forgiveness is a beautiful concept until you have to do it, mm-hmm. and the opposite of beauty is ugliness. And I, I think just for me personally, I don't know about you, Mike, but, you know, let's say my wife uses some information about my life or my weaknesses, and in an argument she brings it up, and it's pointed like mm-hmm. an arrow, and boom! I mean, everybody's done this, right? Mm-hmm. This is what right. you you do in marriage. Right. You you use each other's weaknesses against you when you're when you're trying to fight, whatever. I don't want to forgive her. Right. Like, I do not want to forgive her. I am right. hurt. I am very angry. And the last thing I want is to say, I forgive you. Uh, and, and it's a real struggle. Because I want, you should pay, and you should, you know, pay penance, and you should feel how terrible. Here's the reality. That's why forgiveness is so in need of divine intervention, as you said. She'll, the The person who sins against you they'll never be able to feel what you felt and you want them to. right right you gotta it, feel how terrible this was for me but they can't to some degree they, they're on un, completely unable
0: to do it. yeah i think that's the thing and that's the, <clears throat> that's the central sort of yeah the contradiction the paradox the mystery of it you know colossians 3 13 bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance to someone forgive as the lord forgave you Now, that's a pretty straightforward and familiar uh, understanding of the Christian faith, a pretty straightforward statement of scripture that we are to forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone and forgive us, the Lord forgave you. And I think what we tend to do is minimize at one level the grievance or like, oh, it's not that bad. Or we maximize the grievance so that it seems unforgivable when there's a real grievance that i actually need to struggle with and forget and let go of um and i do think that's one of like we either i don't want to forgive that seems wrong and horrible they did this bad thing they need justice which is a true feeling uh and again, either Jesus experienced justice for them on the cross, or they will experience justice in eternity. One of the two, I, it's not my place to inflict justice. It's my command to forgive. Either they need justice or, you know, I, it's, it's fine. You know, I'm over, it's fine. <clears throat> and we don't actually, ru- you know, that we feel like that, the Christian response is it's not that bad. And that's not, you know, I, I was talking to a, this was years ago. I was talking to a couple and there was infidelity and it was infidelity that became known like in the neighborhood because the infidelity involved a neighbor or something. And there were some actions done by other neighbors who were then mad at this guy. And, you know, it became this, like everyone in this cul-de-sac knew. <clears throat> and so this guy's wife was, was obviously humiliated. And yet, mm-hmm. like one of the things, I you know, that she, to get her to, to a point to, to admit, yeah, that was humiliating. She didn't really want to, you know, I know, yeah. you know, she just didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. But it was necessary to go there because at some point, whatever he's done that needs to be forgiven. At some point, if I withhold forgiveness long enough, I am the wrongdoer for
1: withholding. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, you know, we've, we talked a little bit about the implications of withholding forgiveness because I just want to hold on to my hurt and make them pay. But what about the implications of withholding forgiveness, which is another form, which is the denial is a form of withholding forgiveness. Because I haven't actually acknowledged what you did really hurt.
0: Yeah, I'm avoiding this clear statement and command of scripture by actually saying I don't need, I'm not in that situation. I don't need forgive. Mm-hmm. Which isn't true. I'm lying to myself. I'm in denial because I think partly because forgiveness is so hard. And part of what makes forgiveness hard is to admit, yeah, this thing was done wrong to me. I experienced this wrong. And at some point, maybe I have to feel the pain of that. I have to struggle, wrestle with the reality of it in order to forgive. And I don't want to do that. I wanted to say, no, it's fine when it really isn't fine. Um, and in the process, so I rob myself, I'm still carrying that, even though I'm telling myself I'm not, and I rob the other person because I'm still holding that against them. I'm just not admitting that I am right. And it comes out in a thousand other ways that isn't the, you know, there's all of these, whatever side aggressive comments that are like seemingly at random, but of course they're not at random. You're actually mad about this thing over here that you just don't want to face. And I just think we li- we we can politely, semi politely, live in that space for a long time.
1: Yeah, or think we We are out. the
0: righteous ones.
1: Absolutely. So it's a different form of I'm justified for my unforgiveness. Yes, but basically, like you're right. saying, you either become passive aggressive towards that person uh, about that person, or you you take that negative energy and it, it comes out somewhere else like self-harm yeah. or yeah. you you explode on the the guy cut you off in traffic like right you you can't every lie has a cost every lie has a cost and so when there's a denial is a form of of a lie mm-hmm. and you you really don't want to be the type of person um, it sounds really preachy for me to say but you don't want to be the type of person that starts to sweep hurt under the rug because it's it's a lie if you do that that that's going to cost you something in the long run
0: yeah and that's right so lying to yourself you're still going to have a cost you're not getting away or getting away from or getting away with anything um by saying it's really well that was really not a big deal um and at, at the same time there is a sense in which some things maybe aren't big deals you know, yeah. uh, there's a proverb that, you know, that is wise to overlook an offense at some point. Okay, that's an offense, I can recognize that as an offense and I can overlook it. I'm not going to get crazy about everything. yeah. But there's a, another point where I, I might say to myself, well, I'm going to overlook that offense, but I'm really, I really can't. I have to actually mm-hmm. wrestle with it and forgive somebody. Uh, and I think there's a sense of self-awareness and a sense of, you know, self-deception that can play into what whether or not we forgive somebody or whether or not we're a forgiving person. Um, and I don't, I think sometimes we think of people who are very forgiving as sort of Pollyanna, uh, kind of fake happy Pollyanna people, but those people actually aren't forgiving. Yeah. If you're Pollyanna, you're actually, forgiveness involves really embracing the, the, the reality of what was this wrong that was done to you so that I can forgive it. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, so there's that one aspect. It doesn't feel like it makes sense. It feels unjust. It feels wrong, and I have to wrestle with it, and I need divine intervention. But I do think there's another sense, if we really understand the story we're in, where it actually does make complete sense. And that comes out in the story Jesus tells in Matthew 18. Um, it starts this way. So there's this kingdom of heaven. This is starting in verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like, so it's one of these stories where Jesus is describing an aspect of the kingdom uh, of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. Uh, As it began, Solomon, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold or 10,000 talents was brought to him. He was not able to pay. The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And at this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. So that's the first part of the story. Now, 10,000 talents. I think sometimes this is preached incorrectly because we don't translate directly into what a present-day accounting in our economy. If we take it out of their Mm economy, it in our economy, Mm -hmm. apply it to us. So 10,000 talents, 10,000 bags of gold. A talent is roughly 20 years of wages for a laborer. Even if you said in our economy, ten dollars an hour, eighty dollars a day, four hundred dollars a week, you know, twenty uh, thousand eight hundred dollars a year. So one talent is four hundred and sixteen thousand uh, dollars. Ten thousand talent. I mean, you're talking about billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. This guy, hmm. this guy could have hit the Powerball like four times in a row. And he, so he's never, it's like you owe somebody, you know, you, you're you in the economy, you make money or whatever you have, you owe, like you, Chad, owe somebody for over $4 billion. I mean, there's no possible universe right. where you're going you to ever pay that back. Yeah, there's right. no way. Uh, and And so the king writes it off says I forgive basically I forgive the debt take pity which
1: that that whole if the, the story ended there it would just be completely astonishing right right <laughs> and there's
0: and there's some part of it where like yes I get it I understand in the abstract my sin is beyond my ability to calculate that what God has forgiven me for is kind of even beyond my understanding because my understanding of sin is, and my own sinfulness and all of that is so incomplete that part's easy to sort of gather, right? We like that. Um, story continues, but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins or a hundred denarii. So now a hundred denarii. A denarii is is one day of wage for a laborer. So <clears throat> sometimes it's like, well, it's just only a few pennies, you know, which which is an incorrect way of I think translating it into our economy if we translate 100 days of wages for a labor 100 days at ten dollars an hour or whatever it's eight thousand dollars so it's not nothing it's a real like if somebody owed you eight grand you lent me eight grand and i'm like yeah i don't think i you know whatever let's not talk about it you know whatever it is like it's oh it's eight thousand dollars it's not nothing uh but when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants owed him 100 silver coins and grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. The fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. So it's the same scenario. Be patient with me, I'll pay it back. But in this case, the guy probably, could. if he was patient, he probably would be able to pay it back eventually. It's only 8000 But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they, out, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant. You, you, I cancel all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And anger his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all the owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Okay. So that puts forgiveness in a whole other light, hmm. right? That I have been forgiven in un from God's point of view. So you just, it's not me and you sinning against each other anymore. Like that's not, that happens. That's, but that's not the only thing. If it's me and you and it's 8,000 and you can't repay, okay, well that's one level of thing. But another, the part of the bigger story that we forget is I've been forgiven billions of dollars of sin. An unpayable amount. And in light of that, I'll never be able to condemn someone else to purgatory until they pay me back. I'm I'm never going to be able to righteously be unforgiving if I really wrestle with the level at which I've been forgiven. And I just think we don't wrestle with the level that we've been forgiven. We don't view our stuff that way. Uh, you know, what is that? I mean, what, you know, so I'm prideful sometimes. So I'm not that humble. So I'm whatever. I mean, other people are worse. It's not that big a deal. And that, so that's an incorrect view of what of this debt that has been canceled for me. And if I really wrestled with that, I would understand okay, it doesn't make sense for me, actually. It is actually unjust for me to withhold forgiveness, even though it seems like it's unjust to forgive. What do you think of that? Do you? I mean, are you tracking with me there?
1: Yeah, I'm totally tracking with you. I, I'm just trying to think uh, personally. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm... When I when I'm just left to my own devices, my own mind, my own heart, and I'm not I'm not really being intentional about being aware, watching over what I'm up to, I probably just naturally focus more on where I'm offended, where I'm disappointed, where I'm frustrated, like how the weaknesses slash sins, slash somebody else's whatever upset my mood. And it's just like that's most of my internal life, if I don't watch it and, and push against it and resist it, I think it takes a significant amount of intentionality to say, no, I, I can be mean, I, or I was mean today, or I was very impatient, or I am judgmental, or all of those things. To, and then to think, and yet I'm forgiven for those things at the end of each day or in the moment or before that, that's what the cross is. I've been forgiven. I am forgiven. I will be forgiven. Um, I think we tend to maximize other people's flaws uh, and maximize our own virtue and just as Um, Mm self-deception. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think
0: it puts, you know, those two categories in a different light now, as you said, I think what you're describing is actually, as we move towards health, we are more authentic about what we're experiencing and feeling. We're trying to actually feel, you know, what we're, which also opens us up to pain and disappointment and stuff, which is why people don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, why don't I be authentic with feelings? That's painful. Um, And so there's this one level at which then I have to wrestle with the, the hurtful, actions of others and wrestle with the actual hurt of that um, which is a you know that's something that probably is one half of being healthy the other half is recognizing the other person is wrestling with me at the same time Mm -hmm. and I just think you know we could we see this and we're whatever And one of the aspects of not only am I commanded to forgive but that I not only am I the victim But undoubtedly, I'm a victimizer. And if I'm really being honest, I take honesty to the next level, I recognize that if I'm in relationship with people, both of those things are likely going to be happening on an ongoing or regular basis. That at some point, I'm going to be the offended one genuinely. And at another point, I'm going to be the offender genuinely. Hmm. So I both need to forgive and need to seek forgiveness and need to forgive and need to seek forgiveness and i think it in some ways one way we tend to handle that especially in christian air quotes you know culture is to sort of deny that whole process and say i'm I'm not that bad and you're not that bad and Mm
1: -hmm. let's just not talk about it
0: right that's what we do
1: instead that's what we do instead i wonder if part of that is is not even to the depth of, I don't want to forgive. Part of it's just, I'm afraid of conflict. And that would make me real uncomfortable to say, you hurt yeah. me. So I don't right. want to do that. Um, And I don't want right. to, I don't want you to tell me. I definitely know what you tell me that I hurt you. Right. And so, so I just don't agree. want to wrestle. Yeah. Let's just agree. Yeah. Like, here's our, here's our transactions. We're just going to live in the clouds here. So I think that's part of it. We just, we, we, we don't. Uh, it's vulnerable. It's very, very vulnerable to say, hey, when you said that, that just made me feel really humiliated or this happened and mm-hmm. I felt humiliated in front of all the neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's just really, yeah. really vulnerable.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's just, it's an interesting and it's a paradoxical thing that we, I, I don't think there's an easy pathway through this. That's not in some ways messy, because I do think in our cultural moment, we're much more, the, the needle is much more swung towards justice, that I need to make sure I'm on the side of justice. And in a situation where unjust injustices have been covered up for a long time, that we need to bring it to light and speak for justice. That's true, but that's only half the truth in the sense that I'm still obligated to be a person of forgiveness. That ultimately God will bring justice. That ultimately I am not the enactor of justice for everyone else in social media, even if I'm right, even if what I'm saying is actually right, and even if they are actually the evil doer. That uh, I still both of those things can be true. I can bring injustices to light, and I also must be, for, you know, be forgiving as well. Uh, I think that's something given the past, you know, few years in, in America you know, the factionalization of things, we think that because I'm right about you and I'm convinced I'm right about you and I might be right about you, that therefore I can say this thing because you're wrong and my rightness comes from condemning your wrongness publicly, which is sort of a Pharisee way of going at it. Mm -hmm. Instead of I I can reveal injustice so that, you know, it can be handled, but I also need to be, I also need to forgive. That both of those things have to happen at the same time. Um, I'm listening to this. There's a short podcast series, I think it's maybe five or six podcasts or whatever. It's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, which is you know, this uh, you know, what happened to this church. Uh, and there's this is this sense the, is this of, the uh, uh, um, Driscoll Mars Hill, or is this Rob Bell yeah. Mars Hill, or is it different? Driscoll. Okay. Driscoll. Yeah. (laughs) So just basically what happened at that church and what happened with him and just sort of the, the, the Christianity that was represented in that era, you know, the, the mega church, strong personality person and, you know, how maybe that person exploited others and so on. And maybe not just maybe, but actually, and, and there's a sense of, oh, that was so wrong. Oh, that's an injustice. Oh, that's horrible. And yet and yet, I mean, I have to let go of that. I have to forgive. I have to, and I think it's we're in this cultural moment where I do feel like it's very Pharisaical, where I get my righteousness by condemning your unrighteousness, mm-hmm. and your unrighteousness might actually be <clears throat> totally unrighteous. I mean, and there's I'm not wrong about that. It's and yet I, I somehow have to not. Let you know not gloss over what's really wrong, and at the same time, while not glossing over it, I have to be able to forgive it. And I just think there's something there that requires a divine action of God to bring me to the point of forgiveness. That yeah, I, I think, think is we don't wrestle with it often.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's helpful to, and I don't know if these are the best distinctions, but I think it's helpful in all of this to. Have clear distinctions of what the conversation is and what it isn't you know let's just use driscoll for instance so forgiveness doesn't mean let's continue to allow him to do these things and allow him to to lead this church unless you know whatever Uh, and and reconciliation is uh, a conversation in the realm of forgiveness but it can also be different because you can forgive without reconciliation but you can't have reconciliation without forgiveness. You know, if if someone sins against me and they and and maybe we can't continue in relationship. Uh well continuing in relationship is reconciliation, but forgiveness can still take place even if we just part ways and don't speak again. Uh um, fact it's commanded, right? Yeah. It's commanded. <clears throat> and so then but then there's the idea of, okay, but the justice conversation, okay, so what do we do with the Driscoll? You know, hey, what process do you need to go through to get healing, to get restoration? That's what justice is. It's not punishment. Mm -hmm. It's what's what's best for this person in the long run. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we help them get redemption or see that they need redemption? So I think it's helpful to make what distinction is this? What conversation am I having? Forgiveness, justice, reconciliation. And they're in the same ballpark, but what is it about this that I need to figure out for me the next step? And then I think what you said, like each person, we just have to do our own thinking and discerning of, is this a Proverbs, I'm going to overlook this offense? Is this a, I can't overlook this offense. We've got to have a conversation and I've got to express this and then move on for forgiveness. Uh, Am I the sensitive personality that everything's offensive? Am I the denial personality that nothing offends me because I don't like, who are you Mm -hmm. and where Mm -hmm. do you need to get in the ring with forgiveness? Right.
0: Yeah. I think all that's, uh, that's right. It's healthy. And there's no, you know, we're going to get that wrong for sure from time to time. Uh, I do think there's this sense of forgiveness that's, um, you know, we have to wrestle with this real thing done to us. And sometimes we have to wrestle with it with people we can't be reconciled to somebody who's dead. You know, you have to forgive your father, even though your father died 10 years ago. And that's sort of where you still have to forgive them. You still have to, which means still have to wrestle with the harm done by them to you and forgive them. Uh, The other thing about forgiveness that I think is a true truism is whenever I have to forgive somebody, actually, I have the occasion to continue to forgive them many times. Uh, because you know what is forgiveness i somehow i'm letting go of something i'm seeding the moral high ground back uh i'm you know wrestling in, and i do think we have this magic wand and you know hope that i've forgiven you therefore i'm never going to feel bad about this ever again which is just false you're going to wake up tomorrow and feel bad about it again yeah. and you're going to have to almost re-forgive like re-experience you know, like, Right, reenact forgiveness because it kind of keeps coming up. Um, do you think that's true about forgive? You know, like not just a small little thing, but some larger wrong. You wrestle with it, you forgive it, and then a day later, a week later, you're like, Ah, oh, "That was horrible."
1: Well, a lifetime you have to later. sort of let I, I it just, go again. A lifetime. Later. I think yes. yeah, there's such unhelpful teaching around this concept because I've heard people say, you know, if you've really forgiven them, you you forget it and, and it never comes to your mind again or you never have those, those hurt feelings again. And I'm like, yeah, but what about people who are abused or people whose parents neglected them or blah, blah, blah? Like, whatever, everyone's got their story. You may feel that for the rest of your life. Right. And, you, right. and you can have to continue to go into forgiveness. And to me, part of forgiveness, if they're still alive, is how, how are you interacting with them? Are you punishing them? you know with coldness or silence or passive aggression okay well then you have to go back to forgiveness you have to go back to forgiveness and I don't think I think sometimes it is a one and done I forgive you and we move forward and there's you know we're done with that but I think for some instances and for some personalities this is a this is a real struggle for uh, depending on the circumstance
0: right especially if you're a justice sort of person if justice is important to you, the injustice of forgiveness is going to be re, you know, revisited a few times. Um, and I just think that's, uh, again, sort of the paradox of forgiveness is it's difficult and we sort of need help and we need help you know, with one another. Um, you know, I tend to, I would tend to be the, all right, let's just move past this thing. You know, I'm sort of a forward, you know, whatever the Enneagram numbers that are future focused. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that my, so I think each of us have to, as we're kind of, you know, beginning to land the plane on this thing, each of us has to wrestle with where our forgiveness traps are going to lie. And I'm sort of a future focused person, you know, Enneagram three, seven, eight, where, all right, let's just move forward. You know, we've talked about this. That's fine. Let's just go forward. Um, And, you know, move on to the next problem to solve or whatever your personality type. And some other people that they're more of the past focused or even the present focused are just like, well, I can't move forward until we've completely adjudicated this and plumbed every possible injustice. And at some point, both of those people have to give up something to actually forgive and actually move forward. Uh, And in some cases, as you said, it's not wise for me to be around that person anymore. Because maybe they're going to keep hurting me, you know. So forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean forgetting. I mean, that's a pretty Christian or sub-christian understanding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's like if you punch me in the face, <laughs> I forgive you. But the just... next time you come up and pull your fist back, I'm going to, I should duck. I just, like, yeah. I didn't—I don't even remember that you punched me. I mean, that's just absurd. It's not even possible,
1: Right. <laughs> yeah the whole forgive and forget i don't know where the phrase came from and maybe it's a cliche from a text but i I, you know maybe he he remembers our sin against us no more well that doesn't mean he forgets it it just means he doesn't hold it against us you know god doesn't like i have no idea what they just did (laughs) what (laughs) i'm god
0: but i don't even remember that right (laughs) i mean it's sort of the sense of of that is sort of but i do think that in a sense it means i'm not keep i'm not I'm not interacting with you on the basis of the sin that you've committed over and over again. So in that sense, I've I've relationally forgot it. Uh, But in some cases, it doesn't mean—forgiving somebody doesn't mean you should be around them anymore because some people just might be people who are unsafe or you're around them, but you shouldn't share at some level with them that you've done before because they're not trustworthy or whatever. You can still be wise uh, and protect yourself from harm that's foreseeable, but you need to forgive, and both of those things can be true. Um, so I don't. It's a it's a topic that I think we could probably talk about to some degree and wrestle with this. I just think one of the basic things that what we started with, when we when someone's really done something wrong to us that is sort of inescapable, like somebody killed my dog. It's really hard to forgive. And that's sort of what that I think lays bare is. It's always really hard to forgive. Yeah, and in some cases, it's just so it's more obvious that it's really hard to forgive. Uh, and yet we're called to it. Uh, and so um, let's let's go ahead and land the plane. We're we're we haven't been together in a little while, and we're past time. We've gone on. We've gone on too long. Um, and I guess let's uh, bear with one another. And forgive one another go together in this Colossians 3 verse and I think that's sort of uh, I need to forgive you and bear with you at the same time and maybe bearing with your that it's hard to forgive you bearing with your lack of forgiveness of me all of that has to go together Uh, and for that we will need God's grace Uh, and so I just encourage one another to seek him and to live, live these commands out by the power of the Holy Spirit Uh, and to live in grace and peace. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks. Be sure you're subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen and on our YouTube channel. Just
1: search Rogue Table Talks.